Some of them. Why the fuck are you a girl? I wanted to be a fucking princess. It doesn't mean I become one. If you can see here, your right hip is severely damaged. You won't be able to walk anymore. You gotta be really careful, Molly. There's a lot of dickheads out there people could freak out, man. What are you doing? Faggot friend raped me the other night. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna bash a girl? Wait, faggot! Just need to start being honest with myself. All of this. It's because of you. That's the trailer for Pulse, an acclaimed Australian film written by and starring Daniel Monks and directed by the extremely talented filmmaker Stevie Cruz Martin. Hello and welcome to the Cinema Australia podcast. My name is Matthew Eels. In this episode, I'm joined by Stevie Cruz Martin to discuss the beginnings of her career, her creative relationship with Daniel, and of course, Pulse itself. Uh, Pulse is the story of a gay disabled teenage boy who is devastated when he is neglected after his two best friends start dating. He changes into the body of a beautiful woman so that he too can find love at whatever cost. Uh, Stevie explains the film in greater detail. Uh, Head over to cinemaaustralia.com.au to find out where you can see Pulse, Uh, but there's an upcoming Q&A screening of the film at Luna Palace Cinemas in Leederville. Anyway... Enjoy. He does have a conscience in some way, but he's kind of like a uh, just a, a madman who can out drink, out last, out out fun everyone all the time. Luke's interpretation of that was uh, probably more extreme than what I had written on the page or envisaged myself. The day that we were going out to shoot the open water scenes, we were told that there were some dead whale carcasses that were bringing in real tiger sharks and great white sharks, and they'd been sighted in the area. We were told not to go in the water. But I could just see instantly that how talented Rhiannon was, and there was just, it really blew me away. There is still a bit of a, a boys' club out there for sure. And also with Dee Wallace, she gave me great input on the script for this to make her have a very pro-choice stance throughout the film. And the simple fact is, the movie, the whole thing occurs because a right-wing guy blows up a clinic. Very organically, somehow, the name The Comet Kids popped up. And we sort of just kind of based the movie around that name. Like, it happened really quickly. We kind of thought, like, that's a really great name for a movie. Like, what is, who are The Comet Kids? 
we just thought it was very, very important to uh, start writing more roles for women and uh, women not just, as I said, as girlfriends, mothers and people in love, but women who are their own people as we are. (laughs) Stevie Cruz-Martin, thank you very much for joining the Cinema Australia podcast. It's great to have you with us. Oh, thanks so much for asking me to be a part of it. I'm happy to be here. Um, I consider myself uh, to have a very privileged position. Uh, I get to see a lot of Australian films long before they're release, released, and uh, I have to admit that I'm embarrassed that it took me so long to see Pulse. Um, oh. I finally saw it uh, last week, and it absolutely <laughs> floored me. Um, through Daniel's impressive script, you've brought to life this very emotional and incredibly captivating piece of Australian cinema. So congratulations, Stevie. Oh, thank you, Matt. That means a lot. You know, it means a lot to Danny, especially because it is so personal to him. So to know that people are resonating um, and aligning themselves with it or taking something away, I mean, that's all you can really hope for, you know, as a filmmaker. Uh, How long have you wanted to be a filmmaker? Um, well, I, apparently since I was three, I always used to point at the television and and say, you know, I want to be on that. And and I kind of started as an actor. Um, I've always loved film. So, you know, through sort of always remember watching movies, growing up around it, watching the Oscars, loving performances. Um, and I kind of then went to a high school that had a, you know, specialist performing arts program and I did arts media and drama there. So I've always loved film my entire life, um, but I really made the turn to directing probably around sort of 18, 19 years of age um, where it was that was the sole purpose, you know, and I kind of pulled back on the acting and realised I loved being behind the camera so much more and, and collaborating with all those sort of heads of departments. Um, you've said that you're not interested in creating escapist uh, films and, and that you're more interested in, in exploring the complexities of reality through film. It got me wondering uh, what films you enjoyed growing up because uh, most kids want to watch escapist films, I guess. Yeah, I know. That's so true. I mean, I think I just always loved performance-heavy movies, you know. So um, for me, it, it was films that were usually, you know, nominated for great awards and with those big actors and big names. And um, I guess something – it was a little bit later on in life, but I, I know sort of when I was year 11, year 12, I remember falling in love with um, 21 Grams, which was, you know, one. it was like the second film from Alejandro Gonzalez, Irianatu, and the performances were just so incredible. Um, and it – what I love about film is when you're in that, you're watching it and I think to myself, like, what would I do in that situation? Um, those are the kinds of movies I like and they make me feel like I'm right there in it amongst it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, always usually story-led, you know, story-driven and, and performance-driven pieces of the films I love. Um, give us some examples of some other uh, of your favourite films just so we can get to know you a bit more through, uh, through film. Yeah, um, I really love Rust and Bone, that, uh, the French film with Marion Cotillard. Um, I love a lot of what uh, Andrea Arnold does, you know, so I, I loved American Honey. Um, I love a lot of John Cassavetes, you know, old school, you know, again, using improvisation, you know, it's kind of more s- sort of, I guess, documentary-esque, simplistic filmmaking, you know, it's not all about the, the camera work and it's more about getting in there and being close uh, to those performances. So, yeah, like Andrea Arnold, I love her stuff. I, 
I've loved so many of her films. John Cassavetti is a big fan. I mean, I loved Blue Valentine, you know, Derek Sian France. I, I love what he was able to create there. And, and that was a really big reference for us in terms of uh, the collaboration before even being on set, you know, having that film with him for 10 years and, and working through cast and, and then that amazing relationship that he was able to create, you know, with a few months of rehearsal before even shooting. I, I love, you know, I would love to be able to to continue doing that even when money's involved. So, you know, that's something I'm, I, I don't want to compromise on. You know, when I hear people that don't even have rehearsal time, I just think, oh, gosh, that's where the most fun is for me and for the actors, I think. Um, if, if Marvel came to you tomorrow and said, we want you to direct the new Marvel film, would you do it? <laughs> I, I don't think I would. Really? <laughs> Unless they were, like, willing to give me a whole heap of rehearsal time and, you know, and it was, look, I don't think I'd be the right director for something like that at all. I love the films and, and I can totally enjoy what they're about, um, but I don't think I'm that big type of studio director. I, I just love independent film. I, I, I love sort of world cinema. I love the smaller budget films where you can be closer to those actors, you know. You're the first film to say that to me even uh, uh warwick thornton said to me that he wants to go off and make a star wars film <laughs> <laughs> oh wow okay and yeah, look it's, i'll leave it up to warwick because it's just not 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 my cup of tea but I, I appreciate them but no i think um i don't think i'd be having as much fun as i do directing the way i get to direct now good stay here make australian <laughs> films that's what we need um that's right, yeah. uh, tell us about studying film where did you go and and how did you find the experience uh, totally. Um, so I didn't study, you know, I, you know, obviously went to high school and I had those specialist programs. When I left high school, I moved to the UK. I, I was born in Scotland and I went sort of for 18 months. I went over there kind of to travel, to experience, I guess, living in another city. I lived in Scotland and, um, I auditioned for a short film uh, as an actor and got a small little role but really loved the company uh, that, you know, was creating the film. And I sort of, at that point, I didn't really know what a runner was, but essentially I was, I just asked to be on set for that week. Um, And I ended up working kind of with them, I guess, as like work experience for a year and a half. And they trained me up on editing programs. I got to, you know, know all these different cameras, different equipment. And they sort of said to me, look, if you have an idea, if you want to make something, you can use our equipment, get your own crew. Um, and that's kind of when I started making. And and then I just hadn't, I didn't stop. I came back, I, I met Danny in 2007 in a sort of director, writer, actor course called uh, Pack Screen Workshops that they run here in Perth. And I, everything I learned was just hands-on, working with other directors, working with other creators, um, but essentially making my own work most of the time alongside Danny. Wow, it's the best way to learn, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. You know, I think... Um, you learn for, like, I've always learned better that way, like seeing it. Um, you know, I am visual and looking at it and kind of knowing what works for me, what doesn't, um, seeing how other people work. Um, you know, and I've got a lot of great filmmaker friends that, you know, have studied, but for me, it's just, I've enjoyed it and, and I've had great experiences sort of learning that way. 
Yeah. Um, as well as being a very talented director, you're also a cinema cinematographer, and you just spoke then about uh, shooting uh, shooting some of your own films. Um, yeah. Is being a cinematographer something that you see yourself eventually stepping away from to focus more on directing, or would you prefer to keep uh, cinematography in your arsenal? Yeah, I think um, I definitely probably have stepped away from it now. You know, I I freelance and direct a lot of commercials here in Perth and I have an amazing cinematographer that I work with and um, I'm always keen to sort of, you know, uh, work with other cinematographers as I go along. I don't think I'd ever say I won't shoot again, um, but I'm really enjoying just tackling the directing. And I think I was able to shoot Pulse, you know, stylistically with where we went with it, um, you know, because some people say to me, oh, my gosh, it's completely different sides of the brain. But because I really wanted to shoot Pulse almost like you, you're, it's so confronting and you're there and, and, and the camera's almost like another character, you know, you're in these spaces that you shouldn't be, um, I could just watch it. I was watching performances almost through the lens that I was shooting, which was really awesome to do. So, um, look, I, I enjoy it. I love the aesthetic. I do love cinematography, but I'm, I'm choosing to, to stick to directing at the moment. <laughs> um, what staggered me the most about Pulse was the amount of themes uh, that you were able to explore without the film ever feeling bloated. Uh, can you give us a rundown of the film's plot and, uh, and some of those themes featured in, in Pulse? Yeah, totally. Um, you know, I think it's a big testament to Danny and the way he writes and also um, the sort of collaboration we had with our four main actors. Um, but Pulse is, you know, it's it's uh, about a, a gay disabled teenage boy that changes into the body of a beautiful, abled woman to make his best friend fall in love with him. So, you know, it, it does deal with themes, you know, around kind of um, uh, how our bodies sort of define who we are. So we are, uh, you know, tackling what does that mean? You know, how do you battle between your morals and your ideals as opposed to um, defining yourself just by your outer vessel? Um, then we're also looking at, you know, why we fall in love with the people we fall in love with. Um, and then a big one that uh, that I know Dan was really interested in tackling was that kind of fine line of uh, compromising yourself for love and then actually changing yourself to be loved and how far is that line and and how far do we push it and how far do we push the line to actually you know feel something and feel cared for and I guess with Pulse we we really push that line quite far until you know Oli realizes it's not fulfilling to to change your core Mm, it's it's fantastic it's the script is just unbelievable daniel's done an amazing job um a a very large majority of australian feature films are made by first-time directors from scripts they've written themselves um but pulse was obviously written by uh your close friend uh, daniel who you've spoken about um and daniel also plays the lead in pulse uh tell us uh, where you first met daniel and a bit about uh, your creative relationship yeah, for sure. Um, so I met Dan in 2007 at a PAX Screen Workshop class. Uh, we both went in as writer-directors um, and we were introduced because we had a, a, you know, a friend in common and we just hit it off straight away. I mean, when you meet Danny, he has such a beautiful, warm energy and his passion for films infectious, you know, and we just really, I think, kind of fell in love straight away, which was really beautiful. There was such a mutual respect. Um, And then 
we were both going to be working on each other's films, just like helping each other out. And a few days before he was supposed to shoot, um, his DOP, I think, was ill or pulled out. And so he asked if I would shoot it. And that was sort of the beginning, the beginning of kind of 11 short films and then our feature. And we lived together for three years whilst writing Pulse. And um, we're, you know, working very early days, but we're working towards another feature. Um, and we have this beautiful partnership that obviously, you know, takes us to other sides of the world. You know, he's this incredible actor and an incredible dancer, uh, which was something that he gave up, you know, after he he became disabled from a biopsy that that went um, wrong when he was 11. And he gave that up because he believed, you know, there was no work. He didn't see himself represented across any screens. You know, there weren't disabled dancers, there weren't disabled actors. um, And that was something that he was that we're both really keen to be exploring as we continue making films, making sure that our community is reflected across our screens. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we kind of made those 11, you know, 10 or 11 films, short films. We were so lucky to travel to Palm Springs when we were like babies. <laughs> and then we made Pulse when he was 25 and I was 27. And, you know, now he's 30 and I'm 32. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful partnership. I I really, I love him. I think he's a, he's a genius. He's one of my most favorite artists to ever work with. And, um, I think if anyone is looking to work with, you know, a great artist, Daniel Monks is your man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, just so you can paint a bit of a picture for us about, um, Daniel's character, Ollie in the film, uh, can you tell us, uh, some of the parallels between, uh, Daniel's real life and the ones explored through Ollie, uh, through Ollie's story in Pulse? Yeah, totally. So, um, yeah, we do say that the film is sort of partly, you know, part autobiographical and um, obviously he he did become disabled. He became um, uh, paraplegic at 11 and then hemiplegic he is still now. So um, those are, that is true. So that happens, you know, in the film in terms of we see him living with a disability as a teenager. Um, and some of the experiences, you know, in terms of high school and, and what that experience was like coming out for him because not at the same time that he became disabled, he also you know, realised that he, he was dealing with his sexuality. Um, so those are real things that he was also experiencing at that time. Um, some of the experiences, you know, we embellish a little bit more and make it more, uh, you know, give it a bit more dramatic tension. Like uh, having an entire body transplant? <laughs> body transplant you know that didn't really happen you know it's a he kind of talks about it I know whenever he gets interviewed you know he does say it felt like I did because my body no longer felt like my own I I looked in the mirror and it wasn't how I remembered myself to be you know one day I could you know run around and was able-bodied and the next day I couldn't move from my neck down Mm -hmm. um and yeah for him he he kind of felt like uh, I I don't know this body that I'm in anymore. And also the way people responded to him, you know, and we do explore that in the film as well, um, how they related to him, yeah, previous to sort of the operation. You're listening to the Cinema Australia podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud or at cinemaaustralia.com.au. Um, Being very much Daniel's story, I'm wondering how easy it was for him to surrender himself to your authority as a director during the making of this film. 
Yeah, I think um, because I was there from the, the beginning, you know, in terms of the writing process. So, you know, he was writing this over five years and we were living together for three of those. You know, that beautiful, um, uh, I guess, positive of being able to wake up, have breakfast and talk about your feature. And, you know, we really um, – I made sure that it always was leading back to truth, you know. Sometimes he would write himself uh, – really negatively, you know, Danny, like the way that he would write himself, I'm like, you know, make, you know, that's not how I remember that encounter and just making sure that he was coming back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as well, the actors get fed so much into the script, but a really great quality of Dan is he's, he's not precious about his writing. And, you know, the, the shooting script that we had on set we actually paired it back a lot and it was quite a skeleton of sort of we would, you know, give sort of the scene what needed to happen. But the dialogue was really minimal because we did so much improvising on the day and that was really because we rehearsed with the actors over 18 months, mm-hmm. which was incredible. So these actors, and which I, I hope you feel when you watch it, they they feel so lived in in their characters and, like, they really share a genuine bond like you do mm-hmm. at high school. And that that came from so many improvisations over 18 months, so many discussions, uh, so many interviews, you know, improvisations that I'd send them off to do as a foursome or a pair um, that I wouldn't attend and then we'd come back and debrief. And then other ones that I would sit in, you know, in the corner and watch and and that was always feeding into the directions that I'd use on set. Um, so I feel like Danny and I, you know, we were really there together every step of the way. Um, and I, w- I'm so lucky that he entrusted this script with me. Uh, wow. That's, uh, that is fascinating. Um, uh, there could have been, I, f- I felt while I was watching the film, I felt like there could have been a, uh, a sci-fi element to pulse through Ollie's uh, entire body transplant. Did you ever yeah. consider including parts of the transitional procedure in the film? I mean, it was definitely a discussion, and um, but that was not what our core it was about. You know, we didn't want it to be about sort of um, that fantastical element, sort of the sci-fi, the science behind it. Mm-hmm. And a big reference for us with that and how we knew it, it is possible was kind of like eternal sunshine. You know, they don't really go into it. It's like we just live in a world where you can have you can have your memory erased. This is how we do it, and that just it is. It feels so real and so lived in. Um, so that was definitely a choice for us it was far more about the character journey and the story journey mm-hmm. perfect approach um i was told by someone recently uh, that you like to make sure that the experience of uh, being on one of your sets is a is a fun one uh, can you give us an example of some of the things that you like to do to maintain a positive vibe <laughs> yeah uh, i do f- i always forget that i you know ran this when we first shot pulse you know we knew we didn't uh, have any money and I remember once Dan and I were talking I'm like we have to like run this set on love like it has to be like everyone needs to respect each other everyone needs to be here for the court you know the same reason to try and make something as beautiful as we can and I used to start every day on set reading like a, a meditation quote from this beautiful book I have just to kind of get the energy right um we also weren't paying people we were doing deferred payments so we were shooting six days a week for four for four weeks and we only had one day off every week 
but we would organize something to do with all the crew and cast. And it was so beautiful that on our day off, the seventh day, everybody always came. So at one point, I think we actually did bloody go see a, a, a Marvel film. <laughs> you know, one day, I can't remember what it was. Um, we took them all to the cinema, you know, and then we had another day where we all went down, we had fish and chips at the beach. And it was just really about making sure everyone felt like a family. And so it was much more, I would sort of meet in person with every crew member before we took them on as as a role it wasn't about the cv it was about the person and it was like do they get what we're trying to create here um because i'd had sort of six of us from sydney that did feel like a family and i really wanted to carry that on in perth mm-hmm. you must be relieved that uh, that all worked out for you and it, and it definitely comes across on screen that's for sure Oh, I'm glad. Thanks, Matt. Um, did making Pulse uh, make you reflect on your own high school experience at all and make you think about uh, the things that you would have changed for yourself? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it was such a big core reason for us making the film and through the struggles of trying to get the film up and made, we had to continue remembering why did we actually want to do this in the first place. Mm. And it, a big reason was both Dan and I didn't see parts of our personalities reflected sort of on screens you know when we were teenagers I I was I was battling my my own sexuality and I was outwardly I think um far more sort of sexualized at that time you know and I didn't want any I made sure people couldn't guess you know and didn't know and I was very afraid of of coming out I think in high school um so, of course, if I could go back now, I would embrace what I knew I was and coming to terms with that would have been so much easier. Um, so that's why it was so important for us to make this and, and hope, and you know, a big, a big dream of Dan and I, I, I don't think sort of the underage drinking and club use is going to help, but we always <laughs> went, oh, my God, how amazing if, like, Pulse was studied by year 11 and year 12s, you know, and TE. Like we would just like, that would be an incredible dream. I would love that. Um, but I don't know if that's ever going to happen. <laughs> I've got a feeling it might, you know. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you share it with schools? Have you, have you sent it out there or uh, yeah, approached have- anyone? We haven't yet, but it's definitely sort of on our path to do. You know, our sales agent, they deal with all the international and we're allowed to deal with sort of Australia and New Zealand. And I think after this cinema release happens, um, that'll be next on the agenda to start talking to the, you know, West Australian curriculum and see what's possible. Terrific. Uh, you had a lot of experience around you, especially with uh, Annie Murta uh, Monks, who worked as the film's executive producer and casting director, and she's yep. also uh, Daniel's mum. Uh, <laughs> what was it like to have Annie involved in the making of Pulse? Oh, yeah, really great. You know, she really helped with the casting, but what a lot of people don't know, she also helped so much in our post, you know, especially, especially with... um. Our contracts around music you know uh we had so many great companies that invested in the film like we we shot it and then we edited we took like a year to edit and so we had this this baby to kind of show people and they were willing to invest their time sandbox productions did our grade uh deliverables uh rick Curtin, you know did our post sound um and then we had all this music that was coming in from different artists around australia and some internationally and originally you know we only had sort of year contracts on the festival run for that uh when it continued going and we just the festival run kept going kept going 
Annie got on board and was having all these meetings and signing new contracts and talking to studios and music managers, things that Dan and I just didn't have the energy anymore, you know, kind of after producing and directing and writing and all of that. So she really helped um, getting us great deals and uh, kind of kept us going. So her insight was great like that and and obviously – there's a big mother role in in the film mm-hmm. and uh, some of that is obviously is not real but I know that it's a, a hard experience for her watching Pulse mm-hmm. uh, but she's been such a core core help this whole way through which has been incredible. Oh, beautiful. Um, I have one last question and it's something that I ask uh, all Australian filmmakers but uh, I'm wondering if you keep up with Australian film releases and and have you seen anything lately that uh, that stayed with you? Oh, Australian? Yes. Australian releases? Oh, oh whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, it's terrible. I usually try, try to get out every week to see something. Australian-wise, no, I have not seen. Oh, my gosh. Can you give me a – do you have any off the top of your head and I can tell you whether I've seen them that you're like, oh, that came out. Did you see that, Stevie? Oh, now you've put me on the spot. <laughs> oh, sorry. I can't put that Well, what about Sweet Country? We spoke about uh, Warwick Thornton before and, and of course, your friends with uh, Ben Young who made uh, Hounds of Love. Uh, okay, so I can go back that far. Great. Right. Yeah, well, yeah. let's say two years. Let's say within two okay, years. Okay, great. Oh, well, yes, I love Ben and Hounds of love do you know what what a what a great film um i was really lucky to see a very early cut in his apartment you know one night we and went over and he just asked honestly for feedback and it was really such an incredible film i i've loved watching ben actually we have a bit of a funny story ben used to direct you know audition me and when i was an actor you know and he was a director like when we did you know sort of commercials and he deserves to be you know working as much as he can in the industry because you know i think he's so dedicated um but for me it was yeah emma booth just stole that show wow. she, her performance was really really incredible and it's a it's a concept that you hear about so often but he gave it that twist of looking at the human psyche mm. behind killers, serial killers, and why they do what they do, and I, I thought it was a really fascinating approach. It was. Uh, so, when are audiences going to get to see Pulse? Obviously, you've got this Q and A screening uh, coming up. Uh, when are when are a wider audience going to be able to see it? Yeah, so we've got that Q&A and then we just got told today that we're now, they are now putting a run on, so it starts from June 6th. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is great. So we I, we just had this shoot this morning and then Luna said, okay, we're giving you the run from June 6th. How long that will go, I don't know. We've got to, like, get people down there and mm-hmm. go support local Australian film, especially because it was shot in Perth. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess – Sales are kind of talking about trying to video on demand in the States and we've got kind of conversations with Europe about where that's going to go. Um, But, yeah, we've had a few cinema releases like in South Korea and Taiwan and places like this, which is really cool, Um, and we just want to get it in front of as many people as we can. Fantastic. Uh, Stevie, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you and uh, congratulations on the film. Thanks so much, Matt. Thanks for your support, you know, from Cinema Australia and Danny and I are just super grateful. Thanks for that. Thank you for listening to the Cinema Australia podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast on both iTunes and SoundCloud. For all the latest Australian film news, reviews, features and interviews, you can visit www.cinemaaustralia.com.au. 
You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube at Cinema Australia. 